Welcome to Tune a Boot. A boot there, you can tune. Tune a boot. Tune a boot. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for coming back. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, we have another very exciting episode for you here. And the socials at real underscore at real tuna underscore boot on Instagram, tuna boot on Facebook. Follow the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your friends about your favourite episode, or just tell them to listen to the last episode. Get them involved. Hope you enjoy it. And I'm going to pass it over to Google, who's going to explain what's going on today. Once again, we have our very special guest, Louise, uh, sitting in for the podcast. Any, Hi. any laughs, any uh, insights she has is more than welcome in this room. I haven't been off the couch for a week, but what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's your house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, do we have a sponsor this week? I don't know, do we? Do you? Maybe. Um, now would be the test. <laughs> yeah, if you'd like to tell us the sponsor now. Yeah, so... Um, all for so long. This week, got a very exciting sponsor coming very soon to Edinburgh. She's not quite opened it yet, but we've got Trini's Trams and Tans. Okay? Yeah. So this week we've got Trini, who's uh, taking over one of the tram carts when it goes to New Haven, and she's offering free tanning salons when you buy a tram ticket. So you a go clean salon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, get this. You're in New Haven. You're going to the airport. Tram now gets you there. Go in. Go. Ah, I want to go on holiday this, like this. I'm not tanned enough. Trini's Trams and Tans. She will tan you. By the time you get to the airport, you're looking like you've already been on holiday. You really have to be careful how quickly you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I can't figure it out. Trini's Trans and Dan. It's a bit of a tongue twister. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe City Tinny's Trans and Trans. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> On with the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm here as well, by the way. Oh, Liam is here. He's, uh, no, no issues this week for getting in? Well, no, I, I mean, it took half an hour to get the, the tram down from uh, Trini's Tan and so on. But but I was only up there because when you first told me about the sponsor, I actually did think I was getting to own a whole tanning salon. Ah, ah. That was false. No. I'm <laughs> orange now. <laughs> Looks like a wee Dorito. <laughs> <laughs> we chill the hate wave over there. Hi, wave. <laughs> but in a good way we try to eat myself all day <laughs> if you lean on your back and put your, let your legs fall that's the easiest way to do it So apologies if the chair's squeaky. <laughs> it was probably squeaky in the last last week's episode as well. Um, <laughs> I don't want to start. This is fine. Um, so this week, I thought um, I would look up some rubbish inventions or some weird inventions, and we'd maybe try and fix them, work on them, try and make them better. Uh, this is from a list article that I found with six spectacularly bad ideas from history's greatest geniuses on cracked.com oh I love cracked uh, 
this is the original article is by a Mr. Cole Gamble. I don't know Cole Gamble. Uh, written in 2010, so there might have been some more bad ones since then. Wow. Mm. We were all, we were all alive in 2010. We were. What year? Yeah, <laughs> I was 15. I wasn't. I would have been 15, 16. Mm. No, no, 16. Yeah. Well, 16, 17. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? No. <laughs> yeah, 16, 17. <laughs> that year. Yeah. So basically, what I've got is I've got a bunch of guys who have done some great inventions, and this is some of their faults, some of their stupid ideas along the way. And we're going to um, basically kick it off. I'm going to give you a bit of background about the invention, what they tried to do, if they succeeded in any way, if anyone knows if they succeeded. And then we can maybe have a quick uh, chat about how we'd invent something like this. Mm-hmm. Or if we would bother, even. Yeah. I imagine Jim's answer is going to be no to a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Straight off the bat. <laughs> but yeah, so the first one... Are you ready? Yeah. Happy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can, the first... can, I, can I get half an hour? Yeah. Half an hour later. Right, I'm ready. <laughs> Sorry, shite joke didn't translate. <laughs> you, you're editing it you could add in a wee sound effect there something like that you know. 30 minutes later all that take jazz. the one out of my Wizard Oz one so the first invention is by Thomas Edison do we all know who Thomas Edison is no that cunt yeah aye the, the guy with the key on the umbra, uh, the key on the kite invented lighting no, that's Franklin. Is that Franklin? Yeah, yeah, not him. Different guy. Did um, the light bulb and all that. The light bulb. I was going to say that. Yeah. So <laughs> from the episode of The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. So he famously, uh, Thomas Edison was famously a big stealer of inventions. Yeah. Uh, he often hired thugs to physically intimidate his competition mm. so that he could get the patent for it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, he, dis- he created, a, he sort of um, discovered um, direct current. Um and which is you know the DC of your switches and stuff we all use AC sort of switches these days alternate alternating current yeah wow close Um, that's that's where that band got their name from the ACDCs yeah yeah exactly so um, the way that uh, the way that (laughs) the way that Thomas Edison decided to disprove alternating current was by electrocuting an elephant oh wow which is a little fun fact for you um, another thing he stole the light bulb from someone mm-hmm. don't know who and he invented the motion picture moving pictures only so that he could film himself having sex with other men's wives wow so he's not a very nice guy from what I see sorry to all our American fans who maybe like Thomas Edison this is what I've read some of it might be hearsay but you know I'm fairly certain most of this was in horrible history Mm, probably yeah. Yeah. And here I'll tell you what the light bulb that was a good idea <laughs> 13 minutes later <laughs> <laughs> hey guys we're, we're back with uh, me Liam Dougal and Louise our third member of Tunabit <laughs> Jim has been assassinated <laughs> um, so to get back to Thomas Edison he uh, after all this he decided to move into uh, paranormal extermination. So he invented his ghost-busting machine. Wow. Which is our wow. first invention on the list. Um, the reason he did this is because he noticed how many psychics and mediums were making money, and he wanted to make money. 
So he decided he'd find a ghost-busting machine. And he decided that he believed in ghosts because he burnt his fingerprints off and noticed that they grew back a bit. So from this, he disseminated that all humans have immortal units that cannot be destroyed, which meant that ghosts can exist. Wow, that's both fascinating and utter bollocks at the same time. So I, I like to, myself, like to believe in ghosts. I think there's something there, whatever. You can believe what you like. doesn't matter at this point. This is Thomas Edison's theory I don't believe in. Um, he wanted to create a device that basically would trap them so that they could be studied. Uh, no one knows how this machine went. There's no documented record of how this machine got on, how he went with it. But we do know that uh, someone died while working on it. And there are theories that he may have killed someone to test if it worked. So that's the information I've got on Thomas Edison's <laughs> ghost-busting machine first question would you guys think about making a ghostbusting machine at all right now here here's a question i've uh, i've got up uh, for you here uh, <laughs> oh is this right. a question you've got for so, so I've, I've got a question for you Diggle. yes are we currently playing ourselves making a ghost busting machine yes yes so we're not being thomas edison no 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 because he was he was he was worse than all of us combined right cool well, not here. He invented picture. <laughs> he invented movies just to picture himself having sex with other people's I like wives. Movies. I like movies, though. They're good, yeah, but they they started off in a disgraceful place. Let me tell you. Well, I didn't. I was completely unaware of that. <laughs> are okay, right? So just to find the parameters here. So we're playing ourselves. Are we in his time or are we in now times? We can be in now times. Just going. How would we make it if we were today? Asked, told by someone, Thomas Edison did this. It didn't quite go to plan you guys come up with something that could be a ghostbuster machine my first thought mm. would be Thomas Edison made it for money so mm -hmm. we make it for money yeah. and we just make a big hoax out of it okay well yeah so I was about to say that I was just like he missed the trick that he started trying to actually make a ghostbusting machine when in reality he could have stuck some lights on a hoover <laughs> Lights on Hoover. <laughs> you have to first invent the Hoover. Good point. Would I as well? I don't know if you. Oh, the vacuum cleaner. Hoover's a brand name. <laughs> but yeah, essentially, we just need to make something with whirly gigs on it and some lights. Uh, mirrors are always a good show. Mirrors are always a good show mm. as well. Yeah. You look at me. Yeah, anything to well, add? I, I fundamentally don't believe in ghosts. So I wouldn't. No, no, no. I, I don't potentially believe I wouldn't do ghosts. that either I don't, I don't believe in ghosts either but if I was to, if I was to rob people it's, yeah it's, it's not yeah it's not about busting ghosts it's about making money off of people who believe in ghosts okay well let's just say that I had the desire to do that mm -hmm. yeah, yeah just the same as you it doesn't, doesn't really matter does it? Hoover with some lights on it Hoover, I, I'm more than happy <laughs> to go on, on the pan with Liam on that <laughs> I think what my most interesting thing maybe not how we do it but what we market it as and sort of what's the use for it in these days and stuff like that's mm -hmm. just as interesting because there's some that's one of the least weird ones I've got on the list yeah. i tell you what though for some reason I'm thinking crystals because mm -hmm. you know that, that has a parallel with all the other bullshit so what you do is <laughs> <laughs> is you have a, a box with mirrors on each side on the inside and it has mm -hmm. a crystal in the middle of it and you put that in a room and you have to perhaps say an incantation or just leave the room mm -hmm. and then the idea is like the soul gets trapped in the crystal and that's how 
You do. I think that's. I'd go more than just a Hoover with lights on it. I think maybe that would have a bit more mystique, maybe, maybe some bones on it or some sort of. See, I think I'm going too Ghostbustery. You're going more Ghostbustery. You're going deluxe Ouija board. Pretty sort much, of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in, uh, an in-between sort of thing. Yeah. A deluxe Ouija board that maybe comes with a Hoover attachment. See, <laughs> see now, I, I think that both our inventions here have merits because gyms would actually work. It wouldn't work. No, it would work in terms of <laughs> people might believe that it's working yeah. so that you would make money off of that. Whereas yeah. I have one that I can market and sells toys. Money maker. Mm-hmm. Money. Mm. Not everyone likes ghost catching equipment, but most people like toys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, well, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I'll let Liam take the three. Yeah. 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 Hoover with lights is. Hoover <laughs> with lights. I think maybe you have to vote on which one you'd like better. Yeah, I'll, I'll go Hoover. I'll, yeah, let's I'll do that. Yeah, that yeah. Hoover with lights is. <laughs> Tuna boots, Hoover with lights. In brackets, <laughs> ghosts, exclamation mark. Um, I quite like to eye. It's good. Okay. What, <laughs> what about you play the part of someone buying these two things? Which one would you prefer? I don't know. Probably, to be fair, probably the crystal. Yeah. So that's kind of believable as well because. I mean, if there are ghosts, we obviously didn't see them. Yeah. So, you can, you can really convince people that you've collected the ghosts in mm. their house. Because otherwise, what they're just ghosts floating about in a Hoover bag. How do you get rid of it? So you need maybe if you put a crystal in the Hoover. <laughs> I'm putting all my money on crystal in this one. You have a crystal in the Hoover, and then that, and then you can even like give that to them and say right, you can. And they think that's the ghost in a collected thing. And the then was already there. Yeah. <laughs> and then you could charge an extra service. <laughs> Wait, before we go to that, that's a brilliant idea. You have a crystal in the Hoover already, so then when you go, I've souped up all the ghosts. You're just like, right, here's the crystallized ghosts. <laughs> exactly. And then this leads on to my idea, oh, oh. which is you can take that crystal and you can you can say, listen, you can take that with you. But it's it's full of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> or you can pay us an extra however many hundreds of pounds to exercise it for you. <laughs> so you get two paychecks off the one sook. Just a <laughs> <laughs> And we'll move on to invention number two of that. <laughs> that this yes. has already went much better than I thought it would. <laughs> this is brilliant. Um, invention number two. So, we're this time speaking about Nikola, Tes- uh, Nikola Tesla, who was like the opposing force to Edison. So yeah. he actually invented stuff, whereas Edison stole stuff. Yeah. Um, he invented alternating current, mm-hmm. which is the one that Edison electrocuted an elephant to stop being a thing. Um... <laughs> Tesla was way beyond his time. He invented robots, wireless electricity, and death rays. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. He also predicted the internet uh-huh. and uh, was played by David Bowie in The Prestige. Nice. Which is that's fucking right. so cool. Mm. You predict the internet, made death rays, and were played by David Bowie. You've pretty much won. Yeah. Life. But this was one of his less, uh, less, less coherent uh, shots in the dark, let's say. Uh, he decided to make a pocket-sized earthquake machine. Right, cool. Mm. 
So he conducted an experiment to find that every object has its own pitch. And if that pitch is matched, then the object will break. So like, you know, when you see the opera singer and they sing and the glass breaks, it's because it's matching the pitch of the glass. Right. He basically disseminated that that is something that can be applied to every object mm-hmm. in the world. If you reach a certain frequency, you can shatter it. So he decided to make a machine that could break things like buildings, yep. all from your pocket. Handy, like a remote control that you basically... Boom. Ah, that's because I thought it was pocket-sized earthquakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, pocket-sized machine, normal-sized earthquakes. That, that's, that is more, that seems like more of a gore. <laughs> so um, he, st- he tested it a few times, and the last time he tested it, the building that he was in started to tremble. Um, he couldn't stop it, so he took a sledgehammer to the device to save humanity because he realised that this couldn't go on anymore. Cool. Um, but he was fine with his death rate and things <laughs> like that. Um, and it's never been seen again. So what would you guys do if you were trying to market an earthquake machine? Uh, at the risk of this going on as long as the last one. What? What do you mean? <laughs> like he had a po- he had a device this in his pocket yeah that emitted a frequency that would basically make buildings tremble. Right. Well, this is okay. Well, we will just ignore that in, for the sake of time mm-hmm. because we could do a whole podcast on what the fuck that means. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple. It's a device that make, makes it's, a sound that the sound makes an earthquake because it's the same frequency as the earth. Thank you for telling. Yeah, good. <laughs> I now understand. Man down. Carry on. Man down. <laughs> I'm so, so willing to accept that he had a device in his pocket that shook the earth so much he nearly died in a building. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your what are your earthquake devices going to look like? Uh, bigger. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because 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 and this is the first thing I thought about, and I think it's very similar to his device. But yes, we do make a bigger device that makes earthquakes. But we still keep it with a pocket-sized button, so that you press the button and it sends off the other one. Listen, if there is an earthquake device, I'm sure you could, there's an app for it. Somewhere. Yeah. You just boop. So you're a, you're an earthquake app, and you're a That's, bigger device. Yeah. No, but I think we're both working. We we need to get bigger devices. Device. Yeah. Because yeah. we've, well, we've, we've lost the technology to emit sound to break the earth. Are we are we going to go for a big Hoover? Oh, to just keep the Hoover thing. Well, see, again. <laughs> Again, this raises a lot more questions than we have time for. So I think we just have to go for a pithy fun answer, because uh-huh. otherwise this is going to be it for me. Okay, okay, right. So what what are you trying to destroy and how and why? So I think instead of global earthquakes, because I'm assuming that's what he was aiming for, and that's why he stopped it. Right, instead of global earthquakes, you want just the building size, just the building size ones. Limit to that. Use it in war, like obviously I don't condone that, but we can sell it for money, and that's the point right now. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I reckon we could make a tiny wee uh, thing. You stick on the side of a building, press the button in your pocket, and then boom, building's gone. A bomb, a bomb. <laughs> <Use the> bomb. <laughs> I think Liam just hit the nail on the head here. The only thing I was thinking of is you know when you see the sort of whatever they are, iron or whatever metal it is, you know it goes up through the cement when they pour it in to mm-hmm. the thing like for the foundation yeah. so you'd have that but you could maybe and I'm this is <laughs> this is assuming that there's metal rods going through all the bricks in the buildings <laughs> that I'm planning to vibrate to death 
But if you, if you just <laughs> a bit of frequency that just vibrated the metal within the bricks and shook them apart. But that's not how buildings are made, really. But if you, but obviously there's girders and things like that. So if there was a sonic frequency that would only ta- attack the the girders and the structure <laughs> that keep the roof from falling down. But I don't. I still don't know what the practical application would be. I think Liam's right. A bomb. I'm gonna vote for, for a bomb. I was thinking maybe a like a one that had a cut off when the building was about to shut down, and it could be a fun little toy that everything vibrates for a while, and uh-huh. you're just like jumping about, and the kids can get involved, and it's like a wee massage for the older guys. It's like for the kids, <laughs> they can jump about and go, oh, look at us. Right. Two words for you, Diggle. Risk assessment. Yeah. <laughs> hypothetical, mate. It's fine. <laughs> Who risk assessed hypothetical? So we going for bomb. Bomb. Uh, Louise, as a buyer, Dougal's fun, shaky thing, or, <laughs> or bomb. A bomb for war. Do you kind of feel like there's. Well, I'm opposed to war. I hate war. Well, I tell you what, guys, <laughs> I, fucking I fucking applaud you. <laughs> I'm trying to don't hate war as much as me. I fucking hate it. I really okay. hate it. We can talk about, we can talk about that later then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I thought was good? The shaky building. If you if you're at some like second cousin's wedding and you really don't want to be there and you just want to get steaming but you can't because it's inappropriate, shake the building, run out. <laughs> That's a practical application. Genius. <laughs> very good. Very good. So uh, Louise wins that round. <laughs> uh, on to on to device number three, which is J. Walter Christie's flying tank. So this was um, developed. Um, this this guy, well, uh, J. Walter Christie, um, developed suspension in tanks to give the Allies uh, tactical advantages in the First World War. Mm-hmm. So like you know, U.S., U.K., Russia, people who weren't Germany in the First World War. The tanks were faster, more agile, and able to traverse longer distances. He also made a mounted engine transmission assembly that was so ahead of its time it wouldn't be appreciated for another 50 years. Mm. He was quite a clever guy. Then he theorised that a tank would descend from the belly of a plane, fly down and rain hellfire on the um, the uh, ground below um, instead of using jets which were used at some point around that point. Uh, the idea was taken up by the Russians who wanted to cut back on their parachute budget so they decided to make flying tanks instead so they would attach wings to tanks quite literally attach wings to tanks instead of paying for parachutes you guys going to make any flying tanks? Um, (laughs) I've I've got one that could wrap this up in one sentence yeah go back to Liam's bomb idea (laughs) (laughs) Not as precise. You might have some friendly fire there, but you'd get the blowing up part done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know what though? Like, there must be a way. They had planes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. If, That's why you'd fly the tank in so, on. You'd so fly the tank in on a the plane. plane a tank. So I think I think the issue with this one is we need to place ourselves somewhere a little bit in history, because after the like after nukes were invented flying tanks are not going to be that big a thing anymore however if we stick ourselves right before that right in the middle of the war I do have an idea oh use planes but 
we put tank guns on the bottom of the planes. Now, I've had a revise to my initial drop bombs plan. Because they did that. That worked. But I think what they're suggesting is that they'd get tanks in as a means to control what was happening within the area. It's not not like they just want to blow shit up. So what we need to think of is just a better tank disposal system. All right, so so it's not, not, not tanks in the air. But tanks that can come down then. Yeah, I think the, the pr- I think yeah, because I got this wrong initially when you said it. No, <laughs> I think what they want to have is have tanks on the ground in order to control our, you know, more target their attacks and have more artillery on the ground rather than just blowing everything up. Mm. So we need to get a way for the planes to get from the, the the tanks to get from the planes to the ground without them having to have wings. Right, so that's the invention. <laughs> that's the invention there. Yeah. yeah right. Okay, we've got right. there. Right. Cool. Yeah. So obviously, you can't. They can't go so low that they'd see the planes and shoot them down. Yeah. But you still need a way to get the tank from the plane to the ground. And no parachutes because parachute. we're cutting back on the parachute budget. But it's it's cheap enough to put some wings in a tank. Right. I think I've got an idea. Yeah. I've seen it in Halo. This will probably work. <laughs> <laughs> so you put tanks in basically massive like metal pegs that you then drop and the pegs stick in the ground but the tanks are strapped in so then after it's stuck in the ground they can just roll out. Okay, so like tank tents? No, 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 it's the pegs from the tents, not the okay, actual tents. Tank, tank, te- or, tank, tank or, tent pegs. <laughs> wow. Or, what, what did you say the the parachute budget was? Use whatever parachutes are, sur- are surplus, <laughs> right, and have two planes with <laughs> with with parachutes sewn together in the middle with a tank on it <laughs> that's just suspended by a thing and you have them lowered down and get the tank's motor running and then as it hits the ground the tank goes off they fly off New. and then you can reel in the, the parachutes I, want, I would like to revise my idea okay okay bungee cord very strong bungee cord bungee cord you let bungee. it go just as they're above the ground nice graceful landing and okay. the bungee comes up the plane flies off yeah. all good done jobs are good in so uh, pretend you're uh, Louise pretend you're a Russian general you've got reusable parachutes or bungee cord what are you going for I think the bungee cord I think it's a yeah. solid idea yeah, just have a channel man or Russian sure they like bungee jumping <laughs> I'm sure they like bungee jumping who else they like bungee jumping <laughs> Quite a lot of people, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't like bungee jumping. I'm scared of heights. So at least three out of the four in this room don't like bungee jumping. <laughs> but Russians. Russians do. <laughs> None of us are Russian, are we? <laughs> Not that we know of. None of us are Russian. I'm forgetting a flight and <laughs> jump off in a bungee cord. Oh dear, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> invention four. Excellent. This is a fun one. Well, it's a bit weird, but uh, this is a guy called Doctor Yoshiro Nakamatsu. Nakamatsu so Dr. Yoshiro Nakamatsu uh, this guy holds 3,200 patents uh, triple the amount of Thomas Edison still a lot of patents yeah. he had a hand in inventing floppy disks CDs DVDs the digital watch and the karaoke machine wow um, <laughs> Four of the five of which are now defunct, so that's good. <laughs> uh, but he was brilliant. 
Um, his new invention is called the Love Jet, which he describes as catnip for vaginas. Ladies only need spray a few pumps on um, on their vagina, and the men will come running. <laughs> Genuine invention. There's apparently a video that we can find afterwards of him promoting this today. <laughs> Once we're done recording, I think we watch this video because apparently it's fucking hilarious. Um, so he claims that he has tested this on over 10,000 women, but also states, I'm not doing the sex, just checking the meters. <laughs> <laughs> this this removes the need for foreplay and it was invented because um, of the declining birth rate in Japan so he invented it because he believes it's his civic duty to get men and women hard wow. this is I a thought... genuine invention <laughs> I don't I don't I'd like to, us at Tunabu probably don't condone this yes. I think we definitely don't condone this uh, it removes the need for foreplay. The other interesting thing is it costs six hundred and fifty dollars to make, and he's selling it for the so that's equivalent to Japan money, yen, as they call it, and it sells for two hundred and fifty dollars. And the reason he's making a loss is because he considers it a civic duty right, okay. to get men and women to procreate, so that wow. the declining birth rate in Japan is evened out by. Um, his what is it love jet I've got a list of questions for you okay I can answer none of them <laughs> okay um, <laughs> right so <laughs> first of all this is just pheromones yeah yeah essentially yeah <laughs> second of all is this consensual that there's nothing about that in uh, Yoshiro <laughs> Nakamatsu's love story <laughs> that I read <laughs> Third of all, I love that uh, he had to say, I'm not doing this X. So it obviously doesn't work on him, which means, does it actually work at all? Third, the fourth one um, was foreplay. It's going to be a bit rough if you just spray it on you and then it's in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe it doubles as a lubricant. <laughs> no, no, it's three pumps on the vagina, not in the vagina. Mm, well, you know, yeah, yeah, you're right, but you know. Well, well, while the men are running towards you, you could lubricate, oh, I yeah, suppose. If, I don't yeah, know. If you don't mind, I have a question. Uh huh. How many men are witnessing these vaginas and then running away from them? No. He said, either. attract them to the vagina. So, <laughs> presumably, the vagina That's has to be point. exposed at this point. So I'm presuming that there's some Japanese women with their vaginas out, and there's men going, "Oh no, no, I'm not gonna have sex with that." <laughs> Until they spray, what was it? A few pumps a onto few pumps it, onto it, yeah, onto it, and then they go, "Oh, I'm gonna have sex with that vagina." Then disassociated <laughs> from whichever woman it belongs to. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I'm I'm asking this to you as if it was your idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I read an article from 2010, so I don't think I don't think it's around anymore. Yeah. Uh, let's put it that way, Doctor Yoshiro. It's a love spray. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm not, I don't speak for him. <laughs> so no, well, okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna withdraw my application to to provide a, um, another alternative uh, to that because it sounds a bit. How can I spin this? <laughs> I still want the money. <laughs> so okay, I wish you would. Right. Okay. So what we need to do. 
is not market it as a sex thing and just market it as a love potion or an aftershave or a perfume or something like that something that doesn't sound as yeah but it was attracting people specifically to the vagina that's the problem yeah that, that, that's <laughs> right. so that's, right, yeah. that's what you I'm saying you need to get rid of that there's that just roll penises everywhere <laughs> slapping against your neck <laughs> <laughs> and no one wants that <laughs> what, what, what we need to do is we need to get rid of the sex thing because it is just essentially pheromones yeah. or something smelly that smells nice which is just going to attract people towards each other mm-hmm. so you need to just brand it something different just a perfume as you said yeah, yeah, yeah or an aftershave or whatever they want but then you still need to let them know that it's pheromones in it if it is pheromones maybe you should just give a second crack at the floppy disk and sort of leave leave well enough alone really <laughs> yeah, he's going for the hard disk <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a good fucking joke man you can't deny it that was a good fucking joke. <laughs> Are you going to buy Liam's uh, perfume, please, or do you want to leave well enough alone with this one? I feel like um, I'm still thinking about the karaoke machine and how I'd probably fall in love with anyone that does up and does dodgy karaoke. So I think you should have stopped there, to be honest. Just make karaoke machines make as opposed karaoke to karaoke uh, machines and game. Love, <laughs> love potion thingies. Sorry. Fall in love with the weirdo singing Amy Winehouse for the fifth time the night. So, invention number five. Take a nice little turn. So this is an invention by Joseph von Littrow. This guy was born in 1781 and was an esteemed mathematician. He developed what was called the uh, Littrow projection, which is a map that accurately shows the angular distance between two points. So basically your first stepping stone for a Google map sort of thing. Cool. Very impressive. Um, he was also a pioneer in trying to communicate with the skies, communicate with aliens. But there um, was no discovery of radio waves in the 1800s, so he decided to create the Flaming Intergalactic Communicator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the, I, uh, the Flaming? Yeah, the <laughs> Flaming Intergalactic Communicator. He proposed the best way to communicate with aliens was to dig a 30-kilometre-wide ditch, fill it with kerosene, and set it on fire. Whoa. He assumed that the 30-kilometre ditch that was on fire would be big enough for aliens to read and pop to Earth. Um, Obviously, nowadays, we'd probably assume that it would need to be a bit bigger than 30 kilometres to see from space. I was about to say, because an equivalent for that would be writing in the sand. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that's all I've got on John von Littrow's flaming intergalactic communicator. Right. Wow. Uh, So it's it's a hole filled with fire. How would you guys use fire to communicate with aliens? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? Intergalactic communicator, flammable or flaming, if possible. Well, I can break down why that wouldn't work and what we'd need to use instead, if you guys would like to know. Yeah. Right, so a star is light reaching us from a certain point in time that has already happened, mm-hmm. which means fire on Earth is not only not going to show up on Earth, but they definitely wouldn't see that in time. Yeah. So you need to use sound, which is going to be slightly better. Although speed is speed a light better, uh, quicker than sound. Considerably, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but you can project sound better than you can project light. Probably. I don't know. 
And I lost this tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, to answer you, I have, I have no other ideas. Uh, I wouldn't use fire. I wouldn't. Even if you s- somehow set an entire world on fire, it would be, as Liam likely, likely, rightly pointed out, the light from it wouldn't necessarily reach other people, other beings or whatever mm. in the galaxy. Uh, we have to, we have to assume that if you're going to use light from Earth that's on Earth in any way that their the alien life forms whatever they may be are looking visually in the exact point that Earth is which yeah. as we know even within the the Milky Way galaxy is like if you take, think about it the grains of sand are be just like a millionth of the size of a grain of sand it's very unlikely that they're going to be looking in that place at the right time mm. so light I think light's out yeah I think light's out I think <laughs> perhaps sound is perhaps a better way to go but then again I mean sound waves I don't know how long they travel and then you have to assume that whoever's looking for us or looking out into the universe which again is incomprehensibly large and growing still mm-hmm. and always will be they have to be they have to have some sort of means of detecting sound mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and again if they were going to do that I would imagine they have to be quite close to pick up even yeah. the slightest bit. I mean, I'm talking to someone who has no idea what he's talking about, so obviously oh. I've got no idea. I've got it. Oh, Liam's cracked it then. Would, yeah. would sound travel Sorry. in the vacuum of space, though? No. So how are we transmitting sound? I'm not, it's just stupid. Yeah. Right, okay, well, yeah, so I've moved on from that already. All right, carry on. Right. Sorry, I was just throwing a spanner in the works. No, you? Thank you for, for doing that. <laughs> welcome. Appreciate it. Thank you um, for appreciating it. I did appreciate so, it. I watched Giant Hop- Hoover? Gi- Giant Hoover. <laughs> Just Elvis sing the Giant Blower. Giant Blower. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's a fucking big blow. Wonder where that came from. Let's go and yeah, check I mean, it out. Now, our <laughs> microphone may have picked it up, but that's a foot and a half away from me. <laughs> <laughs> so, whatever we do, we're going to have to think that they're going to be looking for that specific thing. Mm-hmm. Right, there's no way around it. That they're gonna have to be looking for whatever we decide yeah. we're gonna use. Now, one of the things that stays constant within space that we've picked up on recently in recent times is gravity waves. Okay. When a black hole collapses, as far as we know currently, there is this kind of like gravitational force that comes out of that. So, maybe we go back to Nikola Tesla's fucking earthquake machine, use that in space, just outside the Earth, so we don't destroy Earth. Massive gravitational wave. If they're looking for that, might pick it up. Interesting. And gravity was discovered about 100 years before he tried to set things on fire. So, (laughs) (laughs) good shout. Right, I have no... Right, two seconds. Two two seconds. It's going to be so worth it. Right, so I've got, I've got, I've got no, I, I've no answers for you. Uh, triple, yeah, yeah. Spell properly, Jim. Um, yeah. So, uh, but something that actually, fun fact, was talked about in my other podcast, Quixotic Mavens. Oh. Still available everywhere apart from Spotify. Um, apart from Spotify. Apart from Spotify. What? Um, don't you don't get on Spotify uh, for whatever reason. But anyway, you're familiar with the Voyager shuttle. They, they, they them sent out <laughs> actually I don't have enough time <laughs> but basically they sent a shuttle 
out of space called Voyager shuttle, which included uh, different like bits and pieces from Earth, mm-hmm. right? But they also had some music on it, uh-huh. on phonographs or on something else which I can't read now. And they sent off a bunch of classical music, but they also sent off Johnny Be Good. Chuck Berry was one of the songs that they put on the Voyager playlist uh-huh. to send out to aliens that would hopefully have a record player. So send a shuttle with stuff on it. Yeah. <laughs> so a shuttle with stuff on it or gravity waves. Yeah. Sorry, that was that was too big a thing to bring up just now <laughs> off offhand. Apologies. Do you think we're gonna get in contact with aliens if you send them what? Johnny Be Good or gravitational waves? Louise is the alien. Oh. What? Yes. What what do you reckon you're more likely to pick up on? Gravitational <laughs> waves, which are still doesn't make sense to me. Or are you going to happen to bump into the tiny shuttle within the giant universe that happens to have Johnny Be Good on it? Well, I said the, the the logical idea is gravity. But if I, me myself, was an alien, I know that I would definitely <laughs> notice, definitely notice music more. But obviously it's but not it's, logical it's, at all. It's a physical copy of music in a shuttle that Jim has fired off in a specific direction that might not be anywhere near you. Yeah, but what I'm do you mean by sending off gravitational fields? What does that mean? What does no, that not mean? fields, waves. What do you mean? What does that mean? So, when like something... Yeah. So, like... Boom. Send that into space. <laughs> no, no, you create... <laughs> you create a point in space with Nikola Tesla's earthquake machine where it creates... Nice where it creates a gravitational wave oh and that sucks in oh, and, and then that just ripples out through the universe in all directions but that's how gravitational waves work in space oh so just create a new gravitational wave and hopefully they pick up on it and then go there yeah and it'll go out in all directions alright well fair enough I'll go with that then well yeah, both both are better than setting fire to a 30 <laughs> kilometre wide hole so I think <laughs> we can all agree on that <laughs> you happy with that alien? I remember inventors and aliens it's classic <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Tuna Boot. The bit that you can tune Tuna Boot with aliens and inventors. <laughs> invention number six, last invention of the day. Yeah. Uh, we're bringing it on home to big old Alexander Graham Bell. That oh, the spoons. The spoons, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the shit company. <laughs> Fucking spoons. Don't talk to me about spoons. <laughs> not, the, not the utensil. I was about to say, how are you going to eat ice cream? Fork. This guy's off the chain. Knife. <laughs> ladle. Is it a big spoon? No, it's a ladle. I thought you had holes in your socks, but it's Bulbasaur's tongue. <laughs> that won't be done the podcast. <laughs> Bad ideas for a podcast. <laughs> Describing people's socks. <laughs> um, so Black. All the same. So, Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone. Mm-hmm. He noticed something that um, pigs and cats had that sheep didn't have. So, he decided to invent or try and create the six-nippled sheep. Right, okay. So, (laughs) he noticed that uh, cats and pigs had Six nipples, uh, six nipples, and they're obviously far more dominant in the world than sheep are. So he spent thirty years and a quarter of a million dollars on his beloved sheep. The reason he did it to make more sheep. He theorized 
that if a sheep or a ewe, to be specific, had six nipples, it would create more lambs. Now, I actually went there in my head. It was just like, oh, wait, more nipples, you can feed more lambs. I can see where he's going with this. Okay, you went feed more. He went create more. So he thought that, obviously, if you add a couple more nipples, then there's going to be, instead of two lambs coming out, there's going to be four. Right, okay, yeah. I can see where we differ now. (laughs) So this was his way of making more money. Um, (laughs) I see where we differ now. I've got not much more on this, other than it's, of course, not supported by any faction of science. Um, But yeah, he, you know... He wanted to create this and he had no idea how high a six nippled sheep would fly. Right. So, guys, let's hear your ideas to create a six nippled sheep. This was my favourite. This guy was a genius. He invented a <laughs> fucking telephone and then spent 30 years trying to put four extra nipples on a fucking sheep. <laughs> now, what the fuck? Is. I don't know this, this is not related, but is the phrase give him a bell? Related to his name, very possibly could be. If it is, if it isn't, it should be. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the sheep, I wouldn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, I'll try to find our motivation here. Right? Are we going for creating more sheep? No, I have a solution to that. Make sheep have sex. Sheep. Get the offspring. Uh, offspring yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the sheep. <laughs> Get the sheep to have more more sex. Now, as a as a man who's tailed lambs before. Work with them. Then you have. Uh, I've cut the tails off lambs. Uh, I, I, there's quite a lot of lambs per you, so I don't really understand the need for more. Mm-hmm. But it, it was all motivated by money. Okay. Uh, Alexander Graham Bell. So he wanted more to get more money for people by getting more sheep per you. Right. So yeah. So our motivation. Are we going for Alexander Graham Bell's motivation, where we're just trying to have sheep birth more lambs, or? Are we just going for the putting more nipples on sheep? What you said there was one motivation and just the thing again. Right? <laughs> no, 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 because he was saying about having more nipples on the sheep or creating more sheep. Yeah, so I I think the idea is to create more sheep. Right, well, which one do you want? I'll take. Do you want me to take nipples and you take sheep? <laughs> you just what's want. The, what's the benefit of having six nipples on one there sheep? There isn't any. I'm not really getting involved in this one because it's <laughs> nonsense, but. I don't know, it's just I'll, I'll, I'll let you have the, the right, nipples so, I, so, so you I, can I, go first. Right, so I have to create more nipples on sheep. Well, I know nothing. I wouldn't. Over no, to you. Oh, come on, be a bit more. Can I just than that. You remember? Kill some sheep. Take their nipples mm. and put them on other sheep. But that wouldn't help anything. But he just wanted nipples on sheep. What do you mean put them on more <laughs> sheep as if that's I could sell a first, I first could, of all, you're committing suicide. And second <laughs> of all, <you're, laughs> there's no Listen, guarantee. I could staple a human's bollocks to the side of a sheep. It's not going to make them breed human. No, but human if, his mo- if his motivation right, was to put right. balls on sheep, then that's fine. But if I want to put more nipples on sheep, I'll just use fake prosthetic ones and no that's not actual nipples on sheep that's fake nipples on sheep so so you're asking me to either accelerate evolution which may have added two more nipples Uh or or not or put more nipples on sheep no I wouldn't do either I would just like to point that these you guys just now you are taking maybe two minutes on this Mm -hmm. but remember one of the greatest minds in the world 
mm-hmm. who created the telephone, which we we well, we all single couldn't live without today. Yeah. Took thirty years. Yeah. And spent a lot of money. So right on now, not really making this happen because, as far as I know, yeah, <laughs> sheep still don't have sex nipples. So <laughs> and you've counted. So. I, I have. I've counted and tail chopped their tails off at the same time. <laughs> Out of spite. <laughs> I've got an answer for both. One, two, fuck off. <laughs> One, two, shit. <laughs> I've got an answer for both, and they both include the same kind of procedure. But I don't know how we'd do it because I'm not a scientist. So, <laughs> well, you would think so, wouldn't you? Because of my big brain, but. <laughs> After this episode, I'd get hired anyway. Scientist. Uh, so, since Alexander Graham Bell's time. We have done a lot more research into what we can do with stem cells. Mm-hmm. And we've now put ears on mice. On their backs. Not next to their other ears. Just ears <laughs> on their backs. So, I have no issues <laughs> with thinking that we could probably use stem cells and shit to put more nipples on sheep. If we're going for that motivation. If we're going for the other motivation where we're just trying to ha- make them have more kids then we use stem cells to make a second set of women and ovaries. Well, you could combine the two and have, like, if you were, as you're saying, have the... <laughs> well, I don't think, I don't know if the mice were genetically bred to grow a, a human ear on its back or whether it was grafted. It was grafted. It was grafted. Yeah. Okay. So, if you could somehow genetically engineer a sheep to grow extra... You know, nipples then it could mm-hmm. alter its genetics and think it's having it has more kids to feed than it does mm-hmm. uh, maybe over time both mm-hmm. would happen I have a couple of thoughts firstly I, yeah. the fly the horror film the fly yeah now he goes through a machine where a fly becomes a fly alright Jeff Goldblum um, yeah yeah do that just with heaps of nipples and a sheep on the other end job done try that two sheep or two sheep maybe and two then make sheep? them into one sheep with four nipples a monster and then chuck an R one in there for good luck six nipples <laughs> or <laughs> I would I would also say we have we have at this point in time now cloned a sheep mm-hmm. so if we can clone a sheep surely we can try, I don't know I, again who knows if that's going to make it birth more lambs I'm 100% sure that Dolly the sheep was sterile probably so yeah. that might but we can maybe you know tweak it a little bit to more more I don't know did they have those buttons on the machine more nipples less sterile let's turn that one back I'm gonna zero go. on the sterile six on the nipple meter. I'm going to go out on a limb here no they didn't <laughs> fun fact do you know where the phrase out on a limb comes from no. People who used to uh, hunt for berries on in trees out on a limb would be going out too far on the limb or a branch of a tree. That's where out on a limb came from. Uh, where? where? Don't know. When? Fuck you for asking. But anyway, we've sort we've put those we've 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 done our work. We've done. We've, we've <laughs> yeah. nailed these. Uh, Louise, do you want to buy six nipple cheap in any variation that we've we've said? Do you know what? I think. From the beginning, instead of 30 years, you should have put a woolly coat on a pig and called it a day. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's nice, it's cute, 
A floppy pig. Everybody wants a floppy pig. Nobody wants to start humiliating these animals. <laughs> so yeah, Willie Jacko on a pig, sex and apples, done. Much just, more elegant solution. I'm just thinking if our Instagram uh, Instagram tag can change to three blokes and Louise discuss things every week because your addition has passed right there. Fantastic. I'm now also thinking. Imagine <laughs> Alexander Queen Bell turned up with a fucking pig in a woolly jacket. She's like, Look, a sheep. It's got six nipples. <laughs> 30 years crazed look in his eyes. <laughs> and that's where the phrase pigs and blankets came from. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Like us, follow us. Uh, disregard this if you want to. <laughs> Album? Uh, yeah, the album recommendation. Where's Where's the old phone? Get that out because I've got it here. It's a new one that I've started listening to today. Um, do, do, do. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's uh, that's got to be the maddest one we've done. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking ridiculous. Uh, so this is uh, by a solo artist called Birdie who I've loved for years, she did a, um, she started off doing a covers album, just, uh, which had some beautiful, uh, White Winter Hymnal was in there, uh, Bon Iver song, can't remember the song was in there, uh, a couple of great ones, she's released a new album called Young Heart, and it's really nice, it's just her with a guitar and a, um, piano keyboard thing, it's really nice, really chilled out, quite pop, a bit poppy, bit chilled out, acoustic-y, I'm happy with it listen to it um, and that's it so let's uh, let's wrap this up on a nice genuine note <laughs> I've been Dougal I've been Liam I've been Louise I'll always be Jim wow what a podcast <laughs> <laughs> good night good love good alls goodbye <laughs> Bye. Bye. Alright, stop the shit. Fuck me. That was ace. What was that? Chin a bit. Skish, skish, <laughs> belush, motherfuckers.